You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. Welcome back for another Comic Book of the Month Club meeting between uh, members of Geekly Radio and uh, this new machine. Yeah. And, and I forget what you guys is Oh, or, or, or... Yeah, so we're over here with or something like that. Or something, something like, like that. that. Or something like that. Or something yes, like that. Thank you. Sorry. That's why I couldn't remember. Sorry, Ian. You're fine. <laughs> I, I will gladly be a part of Geekly. <laughs> hey, we're a trinity now. There you it's go. It's always a cool thing. We were just talking hey, about that. Hey, we're a trinity. Uh, okay, so this week... Uh, we're gonna be or this month. We're gonna be talking about the long Halloween, which is yeah. you know very special because Halloween's just about to come up. <laughs> it's spooky. It worked out well for us. Yeah, uh, it did. Procrastination was not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not simple to get five people to have their schedules line up. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's almost a miracle for this to actually happen. We, we, we gotta start that e commute. Yeah. So you know that's not a bad idea. Yeah. It, it works. We we do that here. I had to leave We've the hospital mics. to get here on time. <laughs> Franny was going into surgery, and I picked him up, and I said, "Screw your kidneys. We're podcasting." Yeah. I, you do look pretty jaundiced right now. <laughs> I do what I can. <laughs> Uh, okay, so let's go ahead and go around the go around the room. Introduce ourselves once once again. So I'm Ian. Um, I'm with or something like that on YouTube. We make really fun stuff with uh, our. And we have been noticed by Geekly, and I enjoy that. Um, yeah, Wait, videos every Friday. <laughs> and over here it's Rafa with this new machine. That's us. Ultimately, also Mobile Rafi on Mobile Rafi on YouTube. So if you ever want to know what you collect and what you enjoy, well then just give me a shout out because I would be more than happy to share my collection with you. It's a good collection. Yes, it is. Vast. Hey, I'm Chris. Um, I'm with Geekly Radio, and that's what I do. I don't do much, I guess. So <laughs> anyone wants to do a side gig, let's do a side gig. <laughs> This is millennial with your side hustles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm Steven. Um, I, I'm also of this new machine. That's us. Thank you. I, I didn't catch that. Um, or, or on Twitter, Peppermint Gent. On Instagram, Peppermint Gentleman. Uh, you can't find me on YouTube because I don't do that stuff. Um, but yeah, if, if you want to talk to me about stuff, know full well that I'm probably not going to like the same things that you like, but that's okay because I'm happy that you like them. But this new machine's what on you? YouTube, isn't it? Huh? You, this new machine's on YouTube. Yeah, this new machine. Uh, this new machine is on YouTube, but it's nothing new right now. Okay, <laughs> we are we are quietly in the works. You know, yeah. when when something goes away for a while, and then it comes back bigger and better and stronger and sexier. That's mm-hmm. what's happening right now. You guys are working on the new Tool album? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! You heard it here first. <laughs> so, so what you're telling me is you're this new sleepy machine. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's we're, we're, we're kind of in like that Kojima situation. You know, okay. we're going around in the search of new technologies. You're not quite sure what you're doing next. No, no, no. It's we're we're working on Death Stranding. But it's gonna be a wow. <laughs> We're currently rebooting the system. <laughs> uh, and I'm Mitch uh, from Geekly Radio. Hi, Mitch. Oh, yeah. Very nice facial hair. You know that? Uh, I, you know, I have been told that. It's true. That looks good. By by many sexy men. <laughs> Even better. Hey-o. Terry Crews tweeting at you. Where to go, man? <laughs> muscles, muscles. Your facial hair is great. Muscles. Ah. Uh, so. After last month or two months ago, a podcast we uh, Ian, I believe you picked this this story. Yeah, to many eye rolls. Oh. <laughs> I didn't eye roll about this one. No, it was funny just because it was like, and what's the next one? Uh, Long Halloween, more DC, yeah. <laughs> like let's let's get some more noir noir yeah. to, like piled on there. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, um, I chose the Long Halloween. It's Batman. It's 
probably one of my favorite story arcs. Um, it's one of those ones, I found it my freshman year of high school because it was buried in the graphic novel section of the high school library. So I was like, I'm going to read this and nobody's going to stop me. And that's when my love of Batman actually started. Hmm. So this one holds a, it, it holds a very special place in my heart. Okay. <laughs> Um, for both story and it's one of my favorite um, interpretations of Catwoman, just oh. um, just style wise. Okay, um, interesting. I, I enjoy how um, I enjoy the art direction they took with Catwoman, and yeah, overall the the almost less is more for a lot of the panels throughout. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's fair. <clears throat> okay, I mean. It- Anybody else uh, had some preconceived notions before going into this, or like had read it before? What I mean, I'd read it before uh, a long time ago, and so I, I revisited it. And when people talk about the Long Halloween, we're talking about Jeff Loeb, who is a master of the the crime noir, specifically bringing Batman into a new sense of That's the truth, truth, the greatest detective, right? And so I like that aspect of it, and rereading it now, especially after reading the the book that we read the last time, Road right? to Perdition. Road to Perdition. I felt like it was kind of an interesting segue that went straight into that. But Agreed. as far as um, my, my preconceived notions. I've always liked this story. People talk about it being the quintessential Batman story next to year one. I would argue just because I really am a fan of Grant Morrison's, but we'll get to that later. But overall, <laughs> I enjoyed it. So it's funny. Uh, I, I, well, one, I guess full disclosure, I had thought that I had read this story before, but apparently <laughs> I had read something else and thought that was The Long Halloween. So this, this I had never read it before reading it, reading it this time. Out of curiosity, what, what was it that you had read? You know, I think it, it must have been Dark Victory. Oh, okay. I, I can get those two confused. Which is a sequel in, yeah. in sorts to Long Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I believe I had read Dark, Hist- or Dark Victory and, and thought that I had read uh, Long Halloween. But um, it's funny that you brought up the, the Jeff Loeb thing. And I, I do agree that he, he knows how to write Batman detective stories or detective stories in general. But I, I, I have to say that I think that he has a problem ending stories. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Which I and this one would be included in that. For yes, me. yes. <laughs> uh, Chris. Oh, let's see. Well, for me, this one always this one holds a special place because it was funny. Ian and I were talking on the drive up here, and it's like I, I thought about when this book first came out. I was a sophomore in high school, and so you know you, you didn't really have the cash flow. No, I'm sorry. I was in eighth grade. I was in eighth grade. So you're changing your age. <laughs> yeah. No, I was uh, I was in eighth grade, and it was like I wanted to read it because you know it, it just it looked good. You know, because I remember these these two gentlemen, Jeff Loeb and Tim Sell, they would do these Halloween specials for Legends of the Dark Knight. Mm. And they did these three, and they were just great because the, the art style is different, but it was just fun. It really lent itself. So with this being the long Halloween, and it was going to, you know, I was like, this is going to be epic. But I couldn't get it. I just couldn't afford the extra book. And it's been one of those ones that I've always wanted to try to collect it. Finally, I bought the trade, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. It's beautiful. I enjoyed it. Uh, It goes to year one, and year one is probably, like, one of my favorite eras of Batman history. Like, I just, I love that place. I love that location. And, you know, to top it off, it even involves Harvey Dent. And that's one of my favorite characters in the Batman universe. So this one was just, like, a great tour de force to enjoy. So I I had fun. I was glad you picked it, Ian. Steven? You both. Uh, I'm not a huge Batman guy, so I could jump into it soundly knowing that I hadn't read it. Um, like I, I'd heard, I've heard things about it. Um, as far as Batman stuff goes, um, there are a couple of things that are my favorites, uh, but I think a lot of that stuff comes down to like the art, the art direction of things. I think most people take their own personal interpretation of Batman pretty far, 
in each of the, the different Batman universes and stuff. Um, so I mean, personally, like my favorite Batman of all the things is uh, Batman Beyond. Terry McGinnis is my Batman. Sorry. <laughs> we'll have <laughs> <like> words later. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I like uh, Year 100 from Paul Pope because I love Paul Pope. Oh, that was a good one. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I don't know. Are, are we saying opinions or just like how we came into it after the uh, suggestion? I mean, first right now, it's, it's, it's more what you were expecting and, you know, how you came into it. I didn't expect it to be exactly as noiry as it was. Okay. Um, I, I like that uh, they ended up taking the thing in an interesting direction, like, uh, like Rafa was saying, where um, they kind of take Batman from being like one Batman to this other Batman. Like they kind of like bridged the, the thing b- between like a, a grounded Batman and then taking him into a universe that's kind of opened up a little bit more. And so I enjoyed that part of it. See, and that's that's one of my favorite things about this one. Um, when I had, uh, when I started reading Batman, I dabbled a little <laughs> bit. So I was like, oh, he's Batman, uh, super smart, has a cool computer, Batcave, fights bad guys. <laughs> Let's go. So I picked this up, and he's just—it's like almost straight detective work the whole time. Which I miss. I don't like re- reading old Batman stuff. It's a drastically different character. Mm-hmm. Like any anything. Like the the last time that you saw anything that was using Harvey Dent in like a big substantial way in something that was like a, a massive popular thing realistically was the, was well nah, too far back <laughs> <laughs> um, it, like but was the movies though because realistically i think that um like i haven't seen much use of harvey did even in people talking about a lot of the comics recently yeah i was gonna say like the Harvey's, last time in the comics i think i, I remember harvey Dent being used well and prominently would have been no man's land like mm-hmm. to me that i mean i can't think of a story since then yeah like he's he's a bit player other than that he's just with, with like the super baddies i think you know? from the last one that i can really remember where he actually held some ground was at the end of the nightwing stories before oh, uh, dick okay. grayson came in to play as batman mm-hmm. and then even then he had a little bit of like his dementia or not dementia but his his split personalities took out but you're right like for him being like a top tier batman character he hasn't been like yeah. used well okay no actually i think we're all wrong i forgot this one scott snyder's opening run of all-star batman like that first arc was two-faced like it was like it was midnight run that movie with robert de niro and charles gordon mm-hmm. Gruden or something like that Gruden. Gruden. and so like yeah bruce wayne has to take harvey dent across country to get him treated and like Harvey was doing everything he can to sabotage it. Yeah. But again, obviously it didn't do that well if mm. we didn't know about it, if we didn't yeah. talk about it. I never knew that existed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, I'll get you some issue numbers. It's <laughs> also that's, that's, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know about the story, but I assume that's just like a few issues. Not, not it may so have been much. like a six issue arc at oh, best. Six? At okay. Best, yeah. Well, this is what, seven? No, this is 13. 13. 13. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. 13 issues, so a a year plus a month, you know, to go from one Halloween to the next, so. You know, because, like, um, I just, I think that that in itself actually illustrates the change in how people treat Batman. So we know Batman more as, like, a character who's dealing with, like, the super bads for, like, for most intents and purposes um, versus using Harvey Dent because I think Harvey Dent is a product of the time when there's an interesting turn to a DA being a bad guy like he's just he's just a da like he's working with him like dealing with like legit like down-to-earth crime stuff and i don't think that happens as much anymore no you're right because it's like ever since jim lee with new 52 batman wears armor i don't know how you guys feel about it but i always get i well but i miss i miss like when catwoman would scratch bruce and you'd you'd see the skin and the blood and it's like that was cool you know, like I, I always remember, like I think it was Metalhead was his name, and he was this guy. He had this black <laughs> bodysuit, all you could see were his eyes, and he had like some spikes, and he had this like 
whip with a uh, mace at the end of it and like he would like headbang and like hit Batman and every time those two would fight they were bloody you know because the guy yeah. also even had like spikes on his fist and but nowadays with Batman wearing the armor you don't see that He's as fine. much you know? the, wor- yeah. the worst thing you see happen is like he gets hit real hard and then like some pieces of the armor fly off yeah like like, like little bits and stuff and that's not the case now and I yeah. think that like I, I, I don't know I want Batman to be a grounded character and the exception to the rule for everything to be him having to help everyone else out with stuff that's on a bigger scale. Now I have to bring this up. Do you think that that's the influence of uh, movies and TV because they know that eventually they're going to be making the character into a a movie character or a TV character and having a guy running around in, in long johns essentially, you know, because it's, it, you need the freedom to move Mm -hmm. in the comic books, obviously, but in the show, in the movies, you see a guy running around like that. You, you can't, you don't believe he can go up against Superman. Not not that I say I can, but they think the general audience couldn't believe that. So thus he has to wear some type of armor. I think for that stuff, I mean, I think that um, more than it being um, because of a film adaptation of Batman, um, I think it's that it's specifically movie adaptations of Batman. Um, Because for a movie and everything, you basically get to do like one arc. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, But if it was a TV show, you would have room to show Batman in like a a whole range of scenarios and stuff. A whole bunch of different suits. Yeah. Yeah, so you like he would have different use cases for stuff, mm-hmm. but like in seeing him predominantly in film versus some serialized thing, like the stuff for him is like they're going to put him up against one ultimate problem, and realistically, it's going to be a big problem. They're not going to have him do something small. I like it because I think it works on a couple of different multiple levels. First of all, with talking about the New Fifty Two, when kind of more of the armor started to be utilized, was also when um what um. Arkham Asylum came out, right? Mm-hmm. Arkham Asylum, and then we went into Arkham City, Arkham Origins, Arkham Knight, and so now he's utilizing more of the armor to make it more cool mainstream. I do think the movie ideas does push that, but also if we're talking modernization, this Batman now has to... It's a different Batman, right? It's a different mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne. He's part of Earth 1, or Earth Prime, Earth as zero. it is in here, right? Yeah, now zero. All right, yeah, at that moment. <laughs> and then that time, Earth <laughs> yeah. Prime, right? And so with this, this is uh, these are supposed to be harder-edged superheroes that are going off fighting, and so I think the armor makes more sense. If you look at a perspective of if that didn't happen, well, if, super, if Batman's kind of going through his whole thing, and he's kind of wearing, you know, just the... Just the skin, the, tights, the skin yeah. tights, right? Ultimately, in Grant Morrison's run, I mean, he arguably dies. Gets technically shot back in time, but he he's defeated. Yeah. He's gone. So when he comes back, I think also, I think Batman's never the same after that. I think he's gotten, kind of got more of an edge after all the bad things that have happened. So I think in that sense, I failed. I need to up my game, and that's where the armor comes in. So I think you can kind of retcon it however you want to. They certainly have. And I, <laughs> I think that's cool. So, I mean, if you want that... That investigative um, dude, Batman, coming out, doing his thing, then we've got that. But I like the new modernization type where he's going around and just punching uh, parademons in the face. Sitting in his time <laughs> chair, chasing down Joe, Joe Chill. Exactly. They just kind of make him stronger and stronger, and it becomes more godlike when he's only just a person. So it depends on what your taste is. Well, you know, and I think Scott Snyder did a great job of that with his run on New 52. Because I do like the idea that it makes sense. Like, you know, like, yeah, as time progresses, you know, like Iron Man, even if you look at Iron Man, how the armor's evolved. And it was yeah, even it at one point. Like metal cloth, yeah, basically. Yeah, you know, and <laughs> so it's weird. like, we see how that has grown and it makes sense. And obviously Batman would do the same thing. I do wish that he wasn't like 
because that's what always separated Tony from Bruce and Bruce from Tony was the fact that he still would go out there in the ninja like costume to do his stuff. But I do like, you know, in some of the co- like cases like Court of Owls, you know, when he's out there, it's like he could put his hand into it. and It's like glove analyze mm-hmm. and then he'll have a pop up screen and it's like, OK, that's cool because that still has that detective element. Yeah. You know, and it, it embraces the modern technology and what we're capable of. But at the same time, it's kind of like, yeah, but. You know, and this is where we lose out because it's like Batman is known for like a wide range of skills, but sometimes when a writer takes them, they only use one of those, and it's like, well, I think that's the main problem. Yeah, with an adaptation of anything for yeah. this stuff for all the comics, yeah. like uh, people, be, people, people. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say to be completely fair to the writers to write a Batman that is like one hundred percent true to absolutely everything he can and can't do. Yeah, would be. Daunting, nigh impossible. I think. Challenge accepted, and I'll make you face the villain. All right, go for it. I, I, just it. Like, I tell you, it's bad, but I read it. One of the things for the stuff that you can do now, with Batman is specifically leave things unaddressed and get to still utilize this character and leave other things like essentially in the dark. And I think that's something that they don't do. I think they tend to over-explain things for comics now. I agree, but I think they're also trying to to up their 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 they're casual fans, right? And so that's why we have all of these crossover big events and they're supposed, I mean, when we look at it today, I mean, me working with students, I know you work with students as well, right? Yes. Chris? Yeah. It's that idea of these short attention spans and so if you're going through this long con, like this beautiful story that we read for this podcast, um, in, in, in a lot of cases, a lot of the casual fans would look at this and go, I have to wait a month to continue to read this story that ha- keeps asking a lot of whodunit questions. I think sometimes there's the hardcore fans and some ha- fans that will appreciate it, but I think the grand majority, the mythos has created Batman into this godlike figure that punches things and he's just cool. I'm the goddamn Batman, right? And so now because of that, I feel it's hard to be able to write him like that again and it'd be a commercial success. Well, I think I think that's one of the ones, like, and we're, we're like, it's like far from the stuff, but I think that's one of the things where um, they should examine when they want to do something in continuity and out of continuity. If, if they have like a set run of something that isn't necessarily part of the overarching everything else, uh, and they sit down, they're just like, here, like you, you're going to have 10 issues to write a book, go ahead and make something awesome, it's not beholden to anything else, that would be great. And they could address different aspects of Batman and not have to worry about it feeding into everything else. Other than that, I think that you have to have the person overseeing everything to keep stuff in line. I don't think that they do. I just I, I want stories that are outside of continuity, personally. See, you know, or, I, just say, I, I mean, I, I love like stories where like Elseworlds, where you know, there's something yeah, that's there, fundamentally changed, but like so much that you can tell this doesn't belong in the modern continuity. But if you're gonna write something like this, or uh, the, what's the Joker one? The which the man who laughs. No. Um, what are you talking about? Uh, which, which Joker one? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, like I what's going on right now? It's, no, no, no. It's, in, it's, it's out of my brain. The old one where Barbara gets shot in the... Oh, oh the killing, killing joke. joke. Killing joke, thank you. Like, you know, people try to say that's not part of continuity, but yeah. it's so s- similar in every way to the Batman that existed at that time and the and Joker it, that existed at that time. It is, because that's how we get Oracle. Yeah. Yep. Right. All over the place. But, yeah. but they also say that that's not the exact story, you know, because there's also the people that believe that he kills the Joker at the end of that story. It's a dramatized retelling. It's actors portraying. So it's America's Most Wanted. <laughs> Fair enough. It's unsolved mysteries. <laughs> but you know, First but, story. but you know what's neat about all this, though, and it's kind of cool, like listening to all the points, because I think DC has done a good job of that, like to now flip under the offside of it, because 
You're right. The shorter attention spans are major. Hence why I really see why certain books are twice monthly. Batman yeah. is, you know, every other week. And that helps because I'll admit, I felt the same way. I remember reading these stories and it's like, you know, sometimes I would have to set those issues aside and be like, okay, next month I'm going to read these six plus the seventh. The month after I'm going to read those seven plus the eight because you have to keep those clues in your mind. Because yeah. we just had general distractions. Nowadays, oh my God, you have distractions every second. I mean, we go out of our way to get something that distracts us. I, so I want to switch over to the the manga style publishing where something comes out every week. That'd be amazing. Oh yeah, that would. <laughs> I think that'd be great. You know, so it's that's good and, and that does help because Tom King is killing it with the new Batman book. As you were saying, like for the Stephen S. Stephen was saving, um, like they are putting out some really neat stuff. Like, did you by chance get to read Batman White Knight? Mm-mm. I would I would put that on your radar uh, because it's again it's it's Batman it's the whole thing but it's a story outside of the continuity kind of like what they did with Nightwing New World Order so I think DC's like okay we missed the Elseworlds brand let's bring it back and they're yeah. doing it which is fantastic but you do hit a head uh, or hit the nail on the head that I agree with they don't have editors like I want an editor job because it's like to me it's like okay what happened in your book in detective needs to be talked about in the Robin book. Yeah. So we have to make sure that that's going on and, ra- and rather, that's not happening rather than just the little yellow box that has an asterisk says in like 144. Like, yeah. No, like in like, 144. He pooped his pants. <laughs> yeah. No, give like, us give us the why behind that. Because if I'm going to go buy that issue, because now I can. I could literally be reading the comic on my mobile device, and then, oh, I need to pick up Legends of the Dark Knight 144. I can go to a website and buy it, but it, that'd be nice. Yeah, put a little thing like, you know, this is where Tim discovered the secret identity. Yeah. And that's like, okay, that gives me a reason to go for it. And there's ways of doing that without crazy spoilers. Yes. Because, like, if you're invested in both of them, um, going to, like... Um, this the the CW like Flash and stuff like that. Um, I got really mad at one point because I I was watching the Flash and I had just started watching Arrow and then the crossover episode uh. happened and it's like hold up whoa y'all just gonna jump right into spoilers here for Arrow like, what's going on? They're assuming you're watching all of them. You got to do like Rafa when you went back to watch Buffy. You have to know this one you watch Angel and then this Buffy episode. <laughs> yeah, was, Ian. Hey, hey, hey. You this, call yourself a fan. <laughs> I was just like, okay, The Flash is good. Let's check out the hype around Arrow. I yeah. was, so I was like, eh, it's, it's okay. Don't at me. Uh, <laughs> it's, 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 not, it's not a great series. I'm with you on that one. And then it was I like, have to say that I think spoilers. that the Arrow is better now than it was yeah. when it first started. I, I'll True. agree, but like, I'm still not watching it. No, that's fine. <laughs> they, they got to name drop Batman or something like they, that. They, they, uh, they name drop Bruce, Bruce Wayne on, yeah. on this past Thursday. Now, is weird. that Batflack or is that Christian Bale? It's none of the above. It's Adam West. Whichever one is fans with. So also speaking of Two-Face and not having stories or not, the... The, the new Batman Two-Face movie, animated movie, just I believe just came out or is about to come it's out? It's about to, I think. With yeah, William um, Shatner doing the voice of Harvey Dent Two-Face. I don't know oh, why they got yeah. William Shatner on that one. That pisses me off. I think it's because... sucks. But he, he fits into... I hate that guy. But he fits in, <laughs> into there with the whole Adam West like era of Batman. Like, his... The way he... You know his like, cadence. Yeah, I don't know. But you, yeah, okay, I but... With this one. He's of the correct time. But, yeah. but, 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 but... I, this is the part that makes me sad. Okay, so you have Batman from 66, right? Right. All right. So in the in the day, back in 66, <laughs> you know, the producers are like, okay, let's do this. Let's bring Two-Face on. No, he's too scary for children. His origins, the face being burnt off, we cannot yeah. do that. Because that was going to be Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood was oh, going to be yes. Harvey Dent. Oh, wow. They were having it all lined up. It was like, no, this is too much. We can't for the style of the show. We can't do it. And that sucks. 
And they even did in the Batman 66 comic. That's yeah, was re- that was a good one. That yeah. was a good one. Those, yeah. those were really good. Those were. They were great. Yeah. And they did. They kind of modeled it so he looked that way. Mm. And then, okay, I get you. I see why they picked, you know, William Shatner. He's of the era. You know, he's very much a staple of the 60s. But it's like, oh, man. Like, I, I mean, I haven't seen it yet. I just hope they don't cheese it up more than it needs to be. The trailer seemed like it was going to change. Yeah. Clint Eastwood yeah, is also yeah. you know, retired from acting stuff. Voice so. acting. Come on. So just, he, he's, <laughs> he's been a whole whole evening one time just talking to that chair on stage. Yeah. That was the Republican yeah. convention, but. <laughs> I, I just really want the line, if it was Clint Eastwood, heads or tails. Punky. Right? Like, I feel like that, that line was written for him. After two sides, one flip. Yeah, two sides, one flip. You feeling lucky? Yep. Like. Get dead. <laughs> yeah. No, but it, that would have been cool because, like the 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 the, the Adam West sixty six world is very lighthearted. It's it's a great place for our childhood. You know, I know it's not the best version of Batman. A lot of people, you know, it's a polar polarizing idea. But I thought that would have been cool. That man, like, to finally bring Two Face in and to actually have him be the nightmare of that world. Because Joker is just like, <laughs> I have yeah. a mustache. <laughs> you know, like I'm not taking off the stash. You know, so it's like, all right, that's cool. Like Caesar Romero, like stuck to his guns. But yeah. like to have like Two Face be like. I'm the motherfucker of this realm. It's like, whoa, this is cool. Like, that would have been something. It, I, I definitely, like, it would have been cool. I understand why they didn't yeah. at the time period because, like, there was so much oversight for all media stuff at the time. Mm-hmm. But, like, that would be cool. Like, that would have been something. Scarecrow is the fear, but thinking about just the torment and how he was made, I never stopped to think about how absolutely terrifying Two-Face is. That was actually yep. one of the things that I liked about the, the comic that, that we're, we're here for. Um, was that like in the beginning of it, like knowing that this was the story that a lot of people look to as like the best origin for Harvey, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know. Because I knew like the brass tacks of it, you know? Um, but like, I was just like, I, this doesn't seem that compelling or anything. But going through it and seeing everything that Harvey actually goes through in all of this, like it makes sense that he comes out the other side of it actually being this warped person. Yeah. I don't think that necessarily takes him all the way to being Two-Face. But as far as things go, I get it and I like it. Well, what the real question is, at this point, after reading The Long Halloween, do you guys still believe in Harvey Dent? Yes. Can you sympathize with the character? Yes. I believe oh, yeah. in Harvey Dent, not Two-Face. I believe in both. <laughs> what do you mean by that, Ian? Um, They're both real. It's fair. <laughs> I, I believe in both. I I sympathize with his character, and he was the guy who tried to do everything by the rules, and then the rules boned him. Mm-hmm. And he was railroaded by politics and money. So and he's then like some acid. Yeah. Whatever, Stephen. <laughs> Get me all like, derailed over here. So he's spent so much time trying to do everything the way he can, and then he legitimately gets burned, and he's like, okay. You want to play that game? Let's we can like play that game. Let's, yeah, let's go. Well, you know, I also think it's interesting that uh, in it, what is a very central theme in Batman mythos, I guess, is, is obsession. Like mm-hmm. every character in the Batman universe is driven by some type of obsession. Obsession, mm-hmm. whereas Batman now is all about justice. Justice. Like, Harvey Dent's <laughs> justice obsession has been warped, just like the one side of his face, to the point where now it's. He's the bad guy. So in the, in this one, I think this is one of the ones where I like. I believe his origin, and I believe the actions that he takes after it. He's still acting on the things that Harvey Dent wanted. Yeah, he's not he's not taken off into some crazy thing where he's just fucking with Batman the whole time. In this one, like he even after he becomes Two Face, he still goes and does some of the things that he wanted to have taken care of, 
as Two Face now working outside the any, any any system of justice. So the question I have is, I'm having a really hard time with Long Halloween deciding if um, deciding if Two Face is actually like a villain, or if he's more of an anti-hero, or like where he stands on that line. Just because he kind of falls into the he he falls into like the the Red Hood Rorschach kind of like but I'm see I think my I, way. the problem is that he's letting an arbitrary thing as a coin flip decide whether or not he yeah. kills somebody okay. that's that's where he, where he he goes too far if he was going to be like the Red Hood or the Punisher or Rorschach he would be like this is the moral code yeah. and you've broken it thus I get to kill you like kind of thing but I think one of the the moments that was weird for me in, in this whole comic was when they go and they actually like they just burn 20 million dollars mm-hmm. um, cuz that one is like squarely working like against something um, that's not that's not uh, enacting justice that's not doing something that's really a positive thing. That's just messing with Falcone. And that was one of the things where I thought like there was kind of like a turning point and stuff. And I'm really surprised that the two of them actually go in and do that. Because that doesn't seem like a good path. That even puts Jim Gordon in a spot. Yeah. yeah. I, I just don't see... like that's, that's just messing with Falcone. That's not achieving any other end. Except trying to like maybe financially cripple him. But realistically, that dude's got way more money than that somewhere else. Yeah. Well, it changes from justice to vengeance mm-hmm. in like the strongest of ways. And I mean, this story was told recently in The Dark Knight, the movie yeah. that everybody mm-hmm. enjoyed. And ultimately, when they, I mean, the whole tagline of that is you either, what, die the hero or live long enough to become the villain? Yeah. And that's exactly what this is. I mean, if people try to sympathize with Two Face, which I mean, I could see myself doing. I could do in that one as right? well. Right. Mm-hmm. The ultimate thing is, though, is the way that he goes about things, he wants revenge. He wants. To, to, to even the score, but more so, he wants to make the other person suffer. If you were in that same situation, could you yourself see yourself? Could you see yourself doing the same thing? Because I mean, you can talk about moral codes all you want, but like if someone killed someone that was close to me, for example, it's 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 hard, right? And so you have, and I think that's what what this story did very well is. It's a quintessential Batman story wrapped inside a noir Godfather like esque um, element which asks a lot of philosophical questions of, like you said, obsession, but also the idea of justice versus vengeance, and even the obsession of Batman because he made a promise to his parents. And this is driving him mad, and kind of he now sees that even those that are incorruptible can become corruptible. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's what the story did very well. It's all very thematic, and so it kind of gives you a little bit of everything. I guess one last thought on, oh. on Two-Face's origins. The reason why I've always liked him as a villain, he's the working class. Like, he's the guy that, like, I live in a world where the Joker happens, I live in a world where Batman happens, and I'm this district attorney trying to, like, walk the line and do the right thing. And, like, that's why I think, like, Batman the Animated Series, and again, we talk about serializations, it helps, because when it's longer, you can do more, you know? And, like, because the, you know, Tommy Lee Jones, we didn't get to know him. You know, most people don't even realize that Billy D. Williams was Harvey Dent. Harvey Dent was back in Batman '89. Like, there's no real connection there. Even Billy D. Williams, like, I think he had three lines. So it's like, <laughs> so we never got to meet Two Face. We never got to see Harvey Dent. And I guess, luckily, the first time I ever read a Two Face story was retelling his origin. I was like, oh wow, you know, like here's a guy who passionately loves justice. Now, yes, he does have you know split personality and all this stuff. And as you peel back you learn it's like oh wow you know the abusive father and and all these types of things going through but it's like here's the real working class guy and he's trying to do everything right and it's like i could bust him i could totally do something nope 
legal red tape and it always stopped yeah. him and then it's like well I, I'm gonna do this and then even Batman's like no you can't do that it's like who the fuck are you Batman you break the law you know <laughs> he's like no like no I, I hit them but I don't leave bruises yeah you, you know. have to do it right I put Harvey. the sock in a soap and beat them and that way there's nothing behind <laughs> if you keep an open hand there's no bruise <laughs> yeah. yeah phone books you use phone, phone books, books. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like so he's gotta deal with Batman preaching at him and then Very he's gotta deal books. with the bad guys doing stuff to the point where it's like even like in a court of law in his in his domain where he should have been safe and everything should have been fine acid straight to the face and it just ruined his life and that's why I think like talking about him being like an anti-hero a villain or whatnot I think what the killing or sorry what the long Halloween does best and I like how it opens with that you know the the three of them Jim Harvey and Batman standing there like okay we're gonna make a pact we're gonna do what we can we're not gonna cross the line we're gonna do this right and then all the way up to issue 13 where after Harvey kills Falcone or sorry after Two-Face kills Falcone when he show he goes back there he lights up the bat signal Jim arrives Batman arrives and he's like we did it we put this evil out of the city and now you can arrest me and it's like that to me is like he almost has that warp sense like Frank Castle does but he's got the split personality that Frank Castle doesn't have yeah. so that's what draws me from not seeing him like an anti-hero entirely and going more towards the villainous side but it's like at least he's not the guy who's like well I'm robbing this bank it's like no I'm robbing that bank because that's dirty money that's Falcone's and like Rupert Thorne you know stuff like that so that's where the animated series gave me that so that's why I've always viewed his character in a special place because even then and I'm sorry this one went longer than I wanted but on, on after they did the one year later they had a story arc. It was in Detective Comics. It was called Face the Face. And even when Batman realized, like, I got too dark and obsessed to the point where I unleashed Brother I and I almost ended the world, mm-hmm. I'm going to go on the journey that made me Batman. I'm going to take Bruce, or sorry, I'm going to take Tim and Dick with me. So Gotham's going to be unprotected. And he goes to Harvey. And at this point, Harvey's healed. His face is good. And he's got his demons under control and he's like Harvey I want you to take care of the city and Harvey does you know Harvey just puts on a jacket and a beanie and he's walking around beating up bad guys and and doing the right thing I haven't read this that sounds, oh it's that great awesome. yeah James <laughs> James Robinson was the writer on this one it's fantastic and what's cool is it's told in like you know something's happening and then the layers go back to reveal it so I'm not going to spoil it for you then because I this is the, you should read this like this is a great as much as uh, Dark Victory is a good sequel mm-hmm. that's a great sequel as well it's called Face the face. face yeah I'll yeah, get you issue face. numbers yes, um, so sorry but when you okay. read that it'll add and it unfortunately it adds to Two-Face but it subtracts from Harvey but I think it's a beautiful story well, I think it's a necessary element because again one of the things that I don't like about the way that Harvey is shown is like oh like he was this person and then this stuff happened and then he's this bad guy but that bad guy is fucking nuts and the bad and guy the, isn't harvey yeah like at all that that's one of the things i like that in and specifically in um the long halloween like he's both like he skirts the line between both of these most of the time it's, he's just two-faced yeah because sometimes they will they'll make harvey look like a jerk and it's like harvey wasn't a jerk yeah harvey was not a bad guy he, he was, was Aaron a good Eckert. guy he had nice hair and a good chin yeah <laughs> <laughs> how can you not believe in him <laughs> i like the i like the 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 sentiment the notion that um you aren't your demons that mm. like that is around two-face and it's shown in the book a few times when he like pushes two-face out to have like a legitimate conversation yeah and it's just like you're you're not the worst part of you, and that I like that a lot. Yeah, besides Solomon Grundy, but even he got Thanksgiving hey man, dinner in this. He was born on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that, I mean, that brings me to something is that since this 
story takes place over the the course of a year, we do get to see many of the Batman Rogues Gallery throughout the story. The rogues the that they used in this were phenomenal. Right, and each month essentially is a different rogue. Uh, reading this as a graphic novel, um, I had to say that, or as you know, one trade, I should say. Sorry. Um, I thought it was it at first. I thought it was weird, like you know, like oh, we've gotten to another issue, us, uh, thus another another villain. It's like yeah. it just seems like oh, you're just kind of cramming everything in. But then thinking back to like this was over the course of a year, like each month yeah. I got to see a different villain. That's probably pretty pretty awesome. And that's super dense if you think about it. Like Harvey every, dense, <laughs> Harvey dense. I get you. <laughs> so it's it's super dense just in terms of like every month you get someone new. Right. Every month it's like well. We still have Holiday, and at a certain point, Two-Face is still out there, but who are we getting this month? Well, that's one of those things I like that Jeff Loeb did, um, because when he writes a story, he does that for his artist. It's like, who do you want to draw? Like Even when he did his Hulk run, he went to Ed McGinnis, who do you want to draw? And that's why it's like, I want all the big dudes. (laughs) Ed McGinnis knows how to draw the big dudes. (laughs) And when he he went to Jim Lee, who do you want to draw? (laughs) He he had all the villains. Um, Yeah, because that's something that's like, I almost like... This story, it would almost be a great challenge to like, okay, you read it as a paperback, but go back and read one issue a month. Like pick a day, like every 13th of a month for the next year, for the next 13 months, read it. And it challenges you. And I think it reads better that way because having read it and like I kind of, I always kid, I have a formula for Jeff Loeb stories and it's like, yep, the formula works. And then the 13th issue kind of breaks his formula but at the same time it kind of contradicts in my mind what i read and i'm kind of like hmm but at the same time though i'll bet if i had read this over the course of 13 months i might have bought that 13th issue a little bit better yeah because i wouldn't have had everything right there at the spur of the moment yeah because these those characters don't either i think that's part of what what drives the characters to act against what would be seen as like their core motivations or like rule of law for each of them individually because there's been this amount of time where like no action has been taken and Falcone's just like on the rise you know mm-hmm. um like despite everything else so i think that's part of what pushes them to act against what we perceive as their nature back to the scene where they burn all the money mm-hmm. um it is out of character but just like you said with all the time in between where nothing is happening yeah um, at a certain point, you're going to start to feel like your back is against the wall and you need to do something to slow it, like at least slow it down. Mm-hmm. So that scene when they were like, well, we're just going to burn the money, paraphrasing. Um, I, was, I was like, what? Uh? <laughs> I was like, Why but like, Harvey also has a bad idea about money too in that scene. He's like, <laughs> if we were two different guys, and everyone's like, no, Harvey. He's like, I'm just saying, we could take like, no, stop it. <laughs> like, but that's, I liked that again back to Harvey because we can't get away from him. I like that piece specifically because that added so much more to just the fact that he's an everyday dude. Yeah, like that, that's like that's exactly so many cars. Yeah, it's like <laughs> hold up, we have all this unmarked money. Mm-hmm. Of course, the the billionaire is like, no, we don't need to steal it. Yeah, <laughs> but, but like, like, my house just got blown up and my wife is in a wheelchair. Yeah, no, like, <laughs> like, like why couldn't Frank Castle be here? He would have brought his Punisher van <laughs> and we would have loaded that up. But no. <laughs> Just punishment for the next twenty years for free. For, yeah, Harvey's like no, like like listen, listen. They just took they got rid of like art classes in all the local schools and like they could really use that man. <laughs> we like, could just oh, take that, put that in the, fu- the the education system. No, I need more robins. <laughs> I need twenty million per robin. They have a per diem. <laughs> One of the things I did, I do have to say that I I, I did enjoy about the the story and. Um, I think it goes back to how you were talking, Stephen, you were talking about how, uh, you know, having to remember what that 
other things are going on in the rest of the world. So the idea is that, you know, every month has a holiday at some point and Batman, I, I think he even makes reference to it at some time that he's off doing other things. He's got his everyday stuff and then he's got just league stuff that he has to go do, take care of, but he has to be in Gotham the day of a holiday because he knows someone's going to die. Yeah. And the idea that that's always in the back of his mind that as the detective, he's, he's still working on that. It might not be the front and center. It's not, it's not the main course that's cooking on the, on the big burner, but it's on there. It's on the stove and he, yeah. it's, he's working away at it. Like that really got me going. Cause I love the detective part of Batman. And I think most of us would say the same. Yeah. But okay. One thing then. All right. Like I like that and I could almost buy it, but I think there Sorry. were two parts. Okay. When poison Ivy got him because she got him at the end of, the February issue to lead into the March issue. Because she's green. Yep. And so, I was St. Like, Patrick's Day. So, about that part? Bruce Wayne <laughs> was captured for like a good two weeks. And then the next one was the Scarecrow. I think that went at the end of Mother's Day into the 4th of July, if I remember correctly, or something like that. Um, Which, in keeping with terrifying things for Mother's Day, of course. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> no, no, but, but the thing is, that's where Bruce because Wayne was scared because the cops came to talk to him and he, and he ran. And I'm like, so he was running around Gotham three weeks weeks like hysterically sad and crying and i'm like and like that's the thing that's where it reads hard that in its right. theme it's mm-hmm. good so it read as a comic book but it didn't make sense on a calendar mm-hmm. but i get yeah. keeping in theme with the overall story but that's the one part where it's like because i i get you like it could be like all right i want to figure this out oh you know the, the justice league just had a meeting so i gotta you know this is a dark side one i gotta go do this you know oh robin just got kidnapped by Ra's al ghul i gotta go travel okay. the plan yeah you know <laughs> Those but were those, those, one of those things. But that also works out. with Batman because you, everybody knows that Batman would be like, tell the Justice League to be like, forget you guys, I'm working on this right now. Like he, he would be the only one that could be like, uh, just drop out of of uh, of communication with yeah. the Justice League, and never, nobody would be like bat an eye at it because there's like it's Batman. What are we supposed to do about yeah, it? If the Flash tried to do that. They'd be like, hold up. Shut up, Barry. (laughs) Barry, Wally, whoever you are at the moment, you get your ass over here. Right. You have monitor duty. You need to be here. You? No one puts Batman on monitor duty. Batman doesn't sit down. (laughs) You're now on double secret Justice League probation. Oh, wow. (laughs) And he's like, again? Man. I just got off triple secret double probation. Come on, guys. (laughs) One of my favorite things is that it's cleverly thematic in the sense of kind of this book i think bridges it into the bless you into the next level of being adding more to the batman mythos kind of because i feel this story is all about you know the gangster quality of batman trying to stop these criminals Mm -hmm. in the city right carmel falcone and just doing his best to stop them right so it's very like we talked about noir all that but over the year he's working against more and more villains as for as falcone calls them freaks right mm-hmm. and so i think the way that it ultimately ends with you know the emergence of two-face and all of that i think it cleverly kind of takes us from this is the old batman from year one dealing with really on the street level crime trying to make a better world to now full-fledged superhero fighting these other crazy monsters for lack of a better term and that's kind of how things continue to kind of elevate and I thought that was really clever. I agree with this one. I liked the the desperation of Falcone in terms of like, okay, so I have all my money just sitting here. 
um, we need to get this moving, and I can't do it by normal means. Let's get the freaks in here. Yeah. Uh, someone get me Poison Ivy. She can woo him into letting me use the bank. <laughs> yeah, I like how he ultimately, even like, and it does, it's almost like you become what you hated. He had to work with the freaks, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Harvey became a villain, a you know. Yeah, he became that. So I thought that was a cool theme that was also in there. And it's good because you saw that they had to adapt, right? Falcone had to adapt to that which he hated. Like Batman had to adapt to armored plating armor instead <laughs> of the tights. He needed armor plated armor. <laughs> the strongest of armor. <laughs> Can we just get Batman, like, armor that's made of vibranium? Oh, I mean... Can we settle for Amazonium? No. 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 <laughs> Fair he enough. He's he the, in here. We're going to melt his shield down. He's the dead goddamn <laughs> Batman. He should have all three. He should have Adamantium and Amazonium. Well, now we got Batmonium. We're going to use Batmonium. Yeah, yeah, yeah Batmonium <laughs> now. Is that a thing? It's Batmonium. Yes. It's the new metal. Batman metal. Metal oh is the new. Oh, my God. Is that, is that like the, the thing that brings them all together in this no, it's, thing? It's like the Bat Visa. Never leave Pretty a Pretty damn near it. close. <laughs> But check out Metal, because Metal's actually pretty sick. Yes, it is great. Chris and I were talking about it. I'm not as happy with it as you guys then. No. (laughs) No. I hate the art. I like some of the things that people say about it. The art kills me. And I'm a dude who draws leather things with spikes and shit. I watch Digimon and love it. (laughs) Put put more leather straps on things. I'm in. But I don't like the art. I can see that in some places. It's, (laughs) But it's true. I mean, sometimes I've missed out on great stories because I'm like, and that's ultimately like when I saw the advanced solicits. I was kind of like, this art's just not doing it for me. Yeah. I mean, I ordered it because I was like, okay, well, I know this is going to be a big thing, so I don't want to get left behind. And luckily, though, Scott Snyder could write so damn good that I was just like, I can look past that. Yeah. So very worthwhile. I'll loan up to it. Last time we talked, I couldn't get into Road to Perdition just because art. Because the art got me. Yeah. And, And like looking at this and looking at them side by side. Art styles are pretty similar. Yeah, and that's what I was gonna say. So this I, one's just colored. Yeah, that's, that's the big difference. That's that, the thing that makes it for me. The reason why I don't read Walking Dead is because yeah. it's not colored. <laughs> yeah. Every time I see the Walking Dead, I'm like, dude, like I can legitimately do this. Like I have the same Copic markers. Like I, the, like, like I've got this stuff. The, the first page of this book is just like the the perfect example of of the difference of art style. If this because it's it's Bruce. Um, it's black and white, just his face, a little bit yeah. of his suit, and he's holding a hat saying, I believe in Gotham City. If that was not colored, sure, it would have been black and white. There would have been grays in there. It would have been, to me, it would have felt cluttered, uh-huh. and I wouldn't have known where, like, it, I wouldn't have known what negative space to not look at. Which is, uh, there's actually, there's that section in there, um, I forget the, the guy's name right now, um, but when the guy gets murdered in the bathtub, oh, yes, um, yes. that part's black and white. Yeah, just flat out black and white, and I think that's one of the least yeah, visually the grays, interesting parts. The grays and the all, well, anytime they would show the red. holiday, yeah, they would always the, have the grays. All of the holiday yeah. kills are in black and white like that. I'm trying to find it. <laughs> so real quick, funny is that that you said that the, the opening line being "I believe in Gotham City." So there's cheesy I, dialogue in here. Well, anyway, yeah, but <laughs> but I read no that way. the first time I read that I read it as "I'm leaving Gotham City." And then it goes on to be, it's like, this is Bruce Wayne. I'm like, why is Bruce Wayne leaving Gotham City? I don't understand. He, he loves Gotham, Gotham City. But I threw my comic down in disgust. No! So, so I had it's to go back bumps. and reread it like a while, like after a few, a bunch of pages and be like, ah, oh, believe yeah. I just can't read. Apparently. I believe that I'm able to speak. So I think one, one of the, like, now that we're on the art and everything, um, one of my least favorite parts of this whole thing is the art. 
Oh. Which is weird considering because I think uh, in that climate for for art and everything, for what comics looked like at the time, this would have been the one I would have gravitated to. Mm. Um, but I think that uh, the guy's spot blacks aren't super strong. I think the guy likes drawing in more detail. But for this, um, I don't know if it's because of deadlines or things like that. Um, there's less detail. And they, they went for more of the noir feel with like the large shadow blocks and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I don't think that they achieve the same results as, say, like Mike Mignola with Spot Blacks. Mm. So, so, like, there's a simplicity of shape and everything like that where everything is super specific. So, you know what's what in, in Mignola's work, um, even though it's still super simplistic and everything. Um, and so, I mean, like, the, the first section where there's a bunch of people on the page is, I think, one of the least focused things in the whole book, which is unfortunate because that's a pretty important part. Um, I think it's pretty easy for characters to get confused already. Um, but, well, not, not, not this, like just, I'm just, just trying just to find the, stuff so, so I know what you're talking the, about. The whole sequence, oh, like okay. at, at his party, um, oh. I think is like it's kind of thin until you get to the part where um, they like they start beating up Harvey. You know, okay. um, and I think that's where the book actually takes off. I think um, if someone was just picking up the book for the first time and reading it, I think it'd be pretty easy to just dip out of it in the first five pages. Have, um, you, have you read or have you do you like other Tim Sales work yeah, or say, like have you tried his later Daredevil later on, Yellow? Yeah, 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 like later on, like other stuff where it's not um, it's not necessarily on, like maybe it's not supposed to be a certain kind of vibe, right? Or anything less spot blacks, more detail and stuff. So I mean, like um, there's other sequences in there where uh, Batman's talking to uh, Selena Kyle, not Catwoman, or anything. Um, not specifically when she's being Selena Kyle, when she's Catwoman, where there's considerably more detail to things and it's strangely more well lit even though they're just like out on the street. Um, mm-hmm. I think those parts really show what the guy likes doing more with art. Mm-hmm. And even though I know you said you like Catwoman this one, this is my least favorite visual uh, representation of Catwoman. Same here. I don't like them ears. I don't, I don't, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> like Tim Sale's Catwoman in this. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I, um, the only thing about this Catwoman I don't like is the whiskers. Mm. Yeah. Like that, that's the thing that throws it off for me. I enjoy, um, I enjoy the ears just because, um, Head cannon, I can make them worth something. Um, like, like they had like a utility purpose. Yeah, you mean? like, or? um, I like I know that they showed her later on with like the little dish and the binoculars. Yeah. But head cannon wise, just for local stuff, if you're trying to be a burglar, you need the better hearing. You put like that has some sort of microphone in it, headphones on yeah. the inside. The tail works like a regular cat's tail, counterbalance for doing your flips and shit. I'll I'll buy it. I'll give her all the benefit of the doubts. What do those whiskers do? <laughs> maybe maybe it's the exact same thing as what cats ones do. It they're, helps they're her the balance. Same, they're the same width, that, so she knows that she can get through a space. Ah. If the whiskers can't fit, she can't fit. There you go. But I'm like <laughs> I'm like you don't need them. You have eyes and depth perception. <laughs> What's up, <and>, cats? <laughs> and you're not a cat, so you should be able to like put your arms in and feel it out if you really need to. <laughs> Selena's got issues, okay? <laughs> yeah, but I, I well, throwing back to the the old purple costume, I like I that. I like the purple you know? costume. Yeah. I don't. Well, but I just I always I like, remember. I, like <laughs> I remember. Oh God, I can't think of the artist's name now. But Grand Gold um, Animated Series. When he or well, when Catwoman had her own comic, uh, it was like very nineties. And but I just I love that. You know, I like that her tail was the whip. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought that was cool. Like it would wrap around her waist and would have that. And obviously, yeah, I figure the the ears must be. You know, but then again, I mean, Batman runs around with ears, so I was like, well, I'm not mm-hmm. too stressed. Yeah, but also, you know? ba- Batman's ears are 
a clear like super simplification of what a bat's ears are. Bat's ears are more like what her cat ears are. Well, that's true. Yeah, in some cases, yeah, you'll have where they're highly exaggerated yeah, and not. True, but you but know. it makes Batman look scary because he looks like a demon straight out of hell. If you, <laughs> it, it always gives him a good silhouette too. Yeah. Like um, Miller's Batman with the the ears that go on for six feet. I like yeah. those because I'm a sucker for '90s Wolverine. Why does his hair even do that? <laughs> There's no reason. There's no reason. But I it, like it. And why is it when he burns off the top of his head, it grows back in? That shape, that's how his hair does. Um, it's permanent. <laughs> his hair is very trained. It's yeah. been it's been years of. Um, I think he was actually cutting himself to train his hair to do that. Wow, that's it's, his second power. That nobody that's his second mutation. Yeah. He uses fabuloso. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to think. I wanted to talk about is the is the April Fool's Day death or murder or okay. not murder. Uh, it's so, that the house. No, no April the, Fool's is that's the Riddler. The Riddler, he doesn't, yeah. and they shoot around him, and the ho- holiday doesn't kill. Him. He's the only victim to not die. What's well, supposed to be one of the things where um, he's supposed to be? He's supposed to have been left alive to like put the word out. No, the whole thing is the riddle from the Riddler is when does the killer not kill on April Fool's Day? Because everybody thinks you're gonna kill, so you leave somebody alive instead. Yeah. So that way you're keeping the fear alive. You were still there. You're still relevant. But the, but that, that's a weird one though, because then a lot of the other stuff doesn't have as big of a tie into their, their holiday. Well, and that's the thing. Like that's 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 a Jeff Loeb oh. writing thing. Like because well, well it, also yeah, what could you leave behind? Like he the holiday leaves something behind to signify that day yeah. on every holiday. What could you leave behind for April Fool's Day other than someone not dying? Because well, I, I, I don't know. Is there is there actually something for every single one? Because I yeah. don't. Um, he, I can't think of one for all of on them. On every holiday, he leaves a little token. Leaves a trinket yeah. r- relating to it. On Mother's Day, it's a bouquet of flowers. Um, on Halloween, the first one, it's a little jack o' lantern. Yeah. Um, also, can we talk about the 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 baby like the bottle nipple? Not really all being the, silencer. the best silencer in the world. <laughs> yeah. Does the, does that actually work? Does anybody know, know forensically? On, on a twenty-two, shape or form. maybe. Well, I so tried small. it and it works. <laughs> uh, <laughs> heard it here a couple first. years ago when I was on I a murder rampage in a while. <laughs> Nobody got murdered. Now, <laughs> now, knowing what we know about Holiday and the character and how it's not just one person, mm-hmm. does... Sorry. Do you think that takes into account at all of why uh, the Riddler wasn't shot? That's what I was going to say. Cause I, think I, so. don't think... I think that that one was Gilda. Okay. I think that... Um, I think Gilda went out and did the April Fool's because I don't think that she would have been able to. She's she's Harvey's ride or die, but I don't think she had it in her to actually kill somebody. Well, is it uh, so? If, if we're looking at the stuff, um, who would you say committed each of these things? Because I was kind of of the mind that she was the first one. Because there's also there's a little bit of foreshadowing where they actually show like this like um, like around that same time period they focus on um, a nipple for a bottle over at um, at Gordon's place. Yeah. I know right. that's not his wife, obviously. Right. But that's the same. Like, that's like, I feel like that's a hint at more things. See, in my interpretation is that I think Harvey is the first one. You think Harvey actually did it? I think he's, he kills. That's what, that's what Gilda seems to think. Right. He did something with and, this stuff. And then eventually, well, when she's was it, what's, the, well, what's the other yeah. son? What's the other Falcon's son's name? Albert? Yeah, yeah. Albert. <laughs> Albert is the second one. And then Gilda comes in afterwards because she wants to try and get it done with so that Harvey will come back yeah. to her. Him, her, her, yeah, yeah. 
Well, to me, and, and they can have babies. I guess, yeah. like the two faced baby. <laughs> I guess to me, the big part about that is I didn't. That's the one part I don't like about the story. That the fact that there's three potential holidays. I always liked that it was Alberto. I just thought that was great because, like, when you read Batman Year One, so Johnny Vitti, who was the first kill. <laughs> He essentially was like, you know, uh, the Roman was like, I'm tired of this Batman. I'm going to get my strong nephew to come here and do this. And the nephew just like folded like a table. It was horrible. And then on top of that, he gets arrested. And then he's like, I'll dime out my uncle. I'll dime out anyone. (laughs) And in the world of year one, that's that was what was holding everything back. Because you had crooked crops, witnesses who would just no, I don't want to be a part of it. And so it's like, this is the first stronghold we got. And so I like that it's Alberto killing his cousin because it's like, you almost put my dad away. Mm. Like, despite I may be college educated and I'm not supposed to be inside the family business, I like that that's how it opens. And it's like, okay, cool. And then all the different murders and whatnot. And I was like, all right, that's neat. Because to me, I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, because what about the months with various holidays? You know, like, yeah, how the, come all the ones that calendar man list yeah. that no oh, one ever know, and I'm thinking myself, but, but the thing is, but going back to that, though, if you have three different killers, how did they all decide like, oh, you're going to do this holiday and you're going to do that holiday? I'm going to I just don't see that. Like Gilda is too innocent. She's the, the the ultimate victim in the story because she just wants to be a wife, a mother and take care of her family. And that was ripped from her because of her husband's job. Mm-hmm. Two-Face is a good man. He'll skirt the line like we would all say that if we all went there with Batman. And it's like, dude. I could just grab enough money to stick in my pockets. No one's going to know you're going to burn it to ash. No, don't do it. We would all feel that temptation because we're every man. I would, so, take, it, I would take it from me. I would take it. I would like be like, listen, yeah, well, exactly. there's, there's some issues in the gut. Like, there's so many We could redirect this. Yeah. We could, you, you'd find something, some way to, you know, as opposed to just turning it to ash. So I like that Two-Face has that. But to me, if he's the one who first commits that murder, Two-Face is irrelevant. Because Harvey Dent's already a bad guy. But, yeah. but that's, that's assuming... I, I, I think the fact that he burns the side of his face allows him his, his secondary personality to come to a head. So the two of them are there. He already has that personality. Like, he might have blacked out before that and just two-face air so you're quotes. saying like big bad harv as they called it on batman yes big bad harv was the first holiday killer yeah i don't know i just i, I don't I, buy that one I, I, I look at it being like for me uh in, in the, going through this stuff the first one is gilda mm-hmm. uh, because she wants to try to like just take care of things she's like like just losing it wants the stuff taken care of or whatever to do something for this um and so she knows this one trick for this thing does this um that stuff gets put together i think um uh Alberto, Albert, mm-hmm. yeah, Alberto. He he's shitty and wouldn't choose to do anything of his own cho- of his own choosing, and so he's following what someone else has done. The two happen to fall into line. And I think the fact that all these things actually like um, that they all line up or whatever is someone else each following someone else's motivations almost uh, all coming all like all coming from Harvey, who who is then transformed by all of this stuff, seeing his own things be acted out by other people. So. Personally, they never say it or confirm it, but I might be taking too much liberty with the story. <laughs> um, at the end, when Alberto's in jail mm-hmm. and Falcone goes to talk to him, I can get you those glasses you like. Are you comfortable? All that stuff, and he's like, "Not nah, fuck you, Dad." Yeah, I'm better than you guys. Yeah, now. no. So, yeah. kind of in my like the way that I put it all together was. Sure, there's the, there there could be three killers. It never confirms it or anything like that. But what if Alberto went to Harvey and was like, "Look, I know things. 
let's get this done, and then it went off the rails, and they just kind of coordinated killings from there. Because so you, you you think that any anyone who's involved in this stuff actually worked together? I, I think other than Gilda. Huh? You mean including Gilda? Including um, including Gilda, it might have just been the two of them at first, but she could have been brought in. Um, I I want to say that this could be a thing because he's all jaded for not being included in the family business mm-hmm. and daddy never loved me kind of thing. So it's yeah. like I'll I'll take away everything you love because you never loved me. When I don't action. think they work together. For for me, I, like, I, I don't think, think they work together. I think I think it's it's. Gotham, like where, <laughs> like people do dark shit because other Happy people did dark shit. You know what I mean? Like that. That's how I tend to look at that one. Okay. And I, I, I also think I have to say that I think Sophia is the one that should have the the bigger daddy issues because obviously <laughs> she doesn't. She's not loved by daddy. Like she's just muscle. She's <laughs> she's got it the worst. She's like oh, yeah. literally sent somewhere else to live because he doesn't want her around. The like, Father's Day issue. She gives him the tie and he's just like. Okay. Yep. The gesture is. Oh, that was like, damn. <laughs> that was acid on the heart. <laughs> What's up, two heart? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think one of some of my favorite frames, like some of my favorite panels in this entire thing, um, were Catwoman panels, where she wasn't even saying anything. It's the ones where she's like on the other side of the street listening in, and just like, um, it just gives the silhouettes with the tail and the ears. And then something will happen where she's listening and it'll go back and she's just like, mm. <laughs> like no, I thought those were funny <laughs> moments. Yeah, like, with a question mark. Yeah. Like, she's in like character. <laughs> but I, I also have to say that I don't, I don't quite understand her motive in most of this. Um, and, I, and Batman often asks big, ask big reveal that you haven't read yet? Okay. What? Boom! Big reveal! Yeah. I'm a pickle now! So, <laughs> hey, hey, Marty! No, um, the Falco- or Falcone is her father. That's so, Selena's dad. So that's part of the story that's yeah. that's yeah. not not that, in that, the, the the book. No, because okay, so and there's a whole string of stuff that like <laughs> this is where we need like a chalkboard and string ties with pictures, you yeah, know, and, like we gotta do the crazy the, moment. The picture from Always Sunny. Yeah. 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 The Charlie Day meme. Yes. Um but so what happens is you have Batman the Long Halloween written by Lowe. Then there's gonna go to the direct sequel, um, Dark victory. Dark victory. And then there's like a part that like, and I think they even talk about it in the Dark Victory where Selena's like, I have to go. Or maybe it was in Long Halloween. She's like, I have to go. Because she actually goes back to Italy to like reclaim her heritage and stuff like that. So the Jeff Loeb decided to take it onto himself and be like, oh, Selena Kyle is of the Falcone family. So it's, I th- it's not Selena's big score. I think it's just called Catwoman When in Rome. And yeah, yeah, and then there's also I forgot about one. Yeah, one. yeah, that's the third part that always kind of gets dropped out of it because it, it's not directly Batman; it's just her. It's like Batman. a filler. It's like between <laughs> one and two kind of thing. Yeah, it's something like that. It's and the beauty shop of the barbershop series. Yeah, yeah it, it really is. Yeah. <laughs> Get Queen Latifah in here. <laughs> and then even then, there's another part because like I he also ties us into Hush. And then Hush had some sequels because they did bring Alberto Falcone into the future or not the future, but in the present day comics at the time. And I think Loeb was writing that. So it may have been in Hush. I'm trying to remember. Like, I can't remember. I I don't think he was. I don't think he was. And but now this is where I question. Did Hush happen before 
Long Halloween or after, but I think Hush happened after. Through the internet. Yeah, please, no, if you don't mind. Long Halloween is 1996 to 97, so Hush is definitely after that. Yeah, I think it is. It's 2001 or something like that, I believe, isn't it? 2002. Yeah, so maybe, and then that's the part that's hard about this is maybe it wasn't Jeff Loeb who wrote it, but somebody in the modern Batman comics was like, oh, let's bring Falcone back into it, because I think they killed him. Uh, like they straight up killed him later on and I don't remember I don't think it was Dark Victory but they killed him and so it's like there's a lot of pieces to this puzzle and then that's where it kind of sucks is that when you have ultimately different writers in different times with different editors or lack of editor yeah. that's what changes the story because like if you ever try to read like Hush's story it, it starts off with Jeff Loeb and it's great and then it goes into there was a Batman book at the time Jim Lee um, according to the internet um, Hush was Jim Lee well, he drew it. Oh, yeah, that was okay, that was the artist. Yeah, yeah, that was the artist. Um, I was like, that doesn't make sense to me, but yeah, yeah, it no, says it's true. No, yeah, Jeff Loeb and Jim Lee did that one together. Um, but then when they did the Hush, the second one, it was in, oh, man, it was this Batman spinoff book. I think it was, maybe it was called Batman the Dark Knight or something. Was it Heart of Hush? It, well, Heart of Hush is the third one. And there's the second one, The Secret of Hush or something like that. But but anyways, I'm not trying to digress. But So there are more elements. So that is Catwoman's why she's driving into it. Because if you ever read year one, Catwoman's just a chaos maker. Mm-hmm. That's how Frank Miller saw Frank Miller saw her. And Frank Jeff Miller's Loeb, got a problem with women. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's making, making the woman. You're Black Canary. Up. Let's have sex behind this dumpster after fighting <laughs> crime. You know, that's all-star I mean, Batman and Robin. <laughs> was, was that a legitimate proposition? We'll talk about it later. Well, get the goddamn Batman here for you but uh, but so anyway so and that's Jeff Loeb he decided to make the answer like well yeah she's not just a chaos maker she's not the cat who just is like swipes and knocks your can off the table it's she was there for a reason because she turns out to be Falcone's daughter uh, okay and lastly and well I guess the last thing is that does anybody know of Holiday the name at all showing back up in Batman comics since then since the long Halloween Yes, I just don't remember where. Because that was the one where they, they did have Falcone in the future. Or not the future, but the modern Batman comics. I just cannot for the life Doesn't of me remember. Doesn't Holiday turn into like a crime duo with Calendar Man at one point? Because I know that at, uh, at the end they're yelling back and forth, naming Holidays. And there was a, I can swear there's something that happened later between That's the ringing a them, bell. That is ringing a bell. Where it's like Calendar Man was like, I'm doing a thing. And he's like, screw you, I'm doing a thing too. Or did we just become best friends? <laughs> <laughs> you want to go to karate in the garage? I, I, I have no idea on this one. For me, Holiday is only Dr. Holiday from uh, Generator Rex. Ah, see, I was thinking Doc Holiday from That's what Tombstone. I was, I was like, I'm not sure he <laughs> no. was a real doctor, but okay. <laughs> show, me your, show me your PhD, PhD sir. So, uh, I mean, according to his, uh, his or hers um, Wikipedia page, oh, it's, coach. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's either Alberto Falcone or... Gilda Dent, probably both, potentially both, according to it's, it, that. And there's no other stories other than the long Halloween that they exist. And here's a list of the, the, the murders. Halloween, October 31st, Johnny Vitti. Thanksgiving, November 28th, the Irish. Uh, Christmas, t- December 25th, Milus Grappa. Uh, New Year's Eve, January 1st, Alberto Falcone. Uh, Valentine's Day, February 14th, mobsters hire, hired by Maroney. Uh, St. Patrick's Day... March, a large number of Maroney's men. Mm-hmm. April Fool's all, Day, the I, Riddler. Irish guys, right? <laughs> oh. uh, Mother's Day, the Gunsmith. Father's Day, Luigi Maroney. Independence Day, Jasper Dolan. Uh, the Roman's birthday, uh, Carla Vitti. 
uh, Labor Day, September, uh, Sal- Salvatore Maroni, and then Halloween is Carmine Falcone and Vernon Fields. So. Hmm. I forgot that Vernon got got. Yeah. Poor Vernon. No. He was just, not yeah. poor Vernon. Yeah, no. Not he, poor Vernon. Poor Vernon. He was just like, I'm just a normal dude trying to not get got in this crazy city, so I'm going to make a deal. He was a willing participant. He was a willing participant because he did not want to get got. That's still choosing. Just like all those subcontractors that were working on the second Death Star, they knew what they were getting into. Mm -hmm. You saw saw what happened to those guys. Hey, Uh all I'm going to say, there were lives on that Death Star, too, and they could have... There was they, violence on both sides. They, they, oh, wow. <laughs> he said it. They, they made a game about it, though, so that's good. Battlefront 2 got you. <laughs> okay, here we go. Batman issue 692, uh, written by Tony Daniel. Uh, and this was during the era, so that's why this might ring some bells for you, because it was... Bat Eternal? Bat, well, Bat, yeah, around that. So um, I think Dick Grayson had just taken on the cow for, from Battle of the Cow. So God, that was a great art. That was a great one. So, some evolution of Dick Grace in there. Mm. And that's where we get Falcone actually has his own daughter. So the, the, the family history grows even further. Because the trick is you don't look at the holiday wiki. You look at the Albert Falcone one. Mm. And so with that one, uh, sorry. I'm is trying the daughter to, actually Stephen? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Katrina Falcone. And that's that. right. Because Katrina becomes Kit who hangs out with Cat, Kit Cat. So she's kind of being groomed to be the next Catwoman because that's Catwoman Rooms. raising her, thank you, that's Catwoman <laughs> raising her niece. And ultimately she succeeded because she destroyed New Orleans. Yeah, she went. She <laughs> I couldn't wow. find the Katrina joke. <laughs> wow. It took me a second. All right, uh, to wrap up, um, Stephen, let me start with you. Someone that's not a big Batman fan reader. That's me. Uh, what do you take? What's your biggest takeaway from this story? And, and would you recommend it for others that aren't big Batman readers? Uh, I would. Um, I think it would still have to depend on the person. Um, it'd be someone who wants like a a Batman story versus someone who wants something that's a comic. Depending on how they look at comics as a medium. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I enjoyed it a lot. I think this this plays more into what I view as being Batman, more being like pure Batman. Um, and like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, I, I enjoyed it. And all in all, I would recommend it. I, I wish the art was a little bit different, um, but that's just me being a person having read other comics since then that scratched the art itch a little better for me. I'll, I'll redo it for you. Leave all the dialogue that. the same. I'll just re- I'll draw it for you. <laughs> I, I would pre- appreciate nothing more. Yeah, get ready. It's going to happen. <laughs> Chris? I enjoy it. Um, <clears throat> as a comic book fan, this is great. As if I had somebody that was like, oh, I'm new to comics, I would introduce this to them because it's a brand new Batman, you know, so you get to see that detective element of Batman that we all enjoy and, you know, some of us are missing right now. Um, It's a great introduction to the rogues gallery. It's a fun story. Um, And even more so, like, I like it because Bruce Wayne is active in this. So it's not just all Batman sometimes. Um, I like that Jim Gordon has great moments. Like, Jim Gordon's always overlooked. Like when we talk about the killing joke, 
Jim Gordon got screwed really bad in that comic, by the way, but nobody talks about that. Because they're too busy talking about it. Well, Barb does, but but it's always what happened with Barbara, what happened with Batman, what happened with the Joker, but you forget that Jim Gordon was the one, like, he had to go through that roller coaster and, like, look at pictures of his daughter laying there naked, and, you know, some of the pictures can even allude to, like, maybe she was molested in there. I mean, that's up to you to take it to, like, same thing, like, Batman kills the Joker at the end. It's up to you to take it to a point. Um, But, like, Jim always, like... Like, Batman's first appearance is also Jim Gordon's first appearance. He always gets left over. Like, at least Lois Lane. Oh, well, that's Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. And, but they she's, never she's give already, that. Yeah. They never give that respect to Jim Gordon. So I think this was a great one. Um, I'm a huge Two-Face fan, so, like, this is perfect. Like, I think this is this is a great introduction to Batman. Like, if, if I ever, like, met somebody who's like, I want to read Batman, I'd say, here's year one. Start there. That way you can see the drive behind Batman. And then now with the long Halloween, you can see what Batman does. Yeah, I think this, it's, it's a really good summary all in all of things to take as the Batman universe. Um, I don't know how a person would connect that stuff with everything else that is Batman in general because it'd be like wait but if they hire these these like these freaks you know like how do they get to this point here or anything like that but I think it's a good introduction to the entirety of the stuff so and there's there's a couple parts that are a little ham-fisted he's I made a promise to my parents <laughs> yeah, yeah. you guys don't have to say that shit that's, that's the, the Batman <laughs> stuff but yeah that's the cop out that everybody understands we know you made a promise yeah. Bruce shut up yeah it was like, and then somewhere he's left. Now, like, with the idea that you would give them the uh, year one first and then uh, this, I mean, essentially both both stories are written by Jeff Loeb. No, right? year one is Frank Miller. Is it Frank Miller? Yeah. Oh, that's then never that's good. Oh, yeah. We'll we'll save that for another day. <laughs> you, you wanna- I would if if we if we can do like a monthly topic on like mm-hmm. artists and comic creators, I am in. Like, there's no reason not that, to have that podcast. I like that. I've actually <laughs> wanted well because it's like. Okay, so I'm going to advertise something here real quick. And I apologize, I apologize. I don't mean to stop. But like... You could say 15% on car insurance. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag not no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but, but here's the thing. Like, everybody's like... And I love Stan Lee. I love all those creators and stuff like that. But you know who the biggest one that nobody ever talks about who saved comics? Julie Schwartz. Yeah. He never gets talked about. And it's so damn sad. Like, this year, 2017, it's the 100th uh, birthday of Kirby. And everybody's going nuts. And that's cool. No yeah. disrespect to Kirby. Oh, let's not mention Will Eisner. Okay. But even then, he's still getting I, a little bit. He has his own award. Well, they get well, handed yeah, out but every then, year. But that's the thing. It's like, how come there was no, like, like both DC and Marvel did tributes? Why didn't yeah. they do a Will Eisner one? Like, at least DC should have. It's like, hey, you guys cashed in with the Spirit Archives. You made a ton yeah. of money off of that. You've done some great Spirit comics. Like, where are you? Why aren't you saying anything? But like the biggest one is like Julie Schwartz. They did nothing when his centennial happened. Like when his death appeared, like they did the one, the one page write up. Mm. And then, you know, like a couple months later, they did like five or six like special comics. That was it. But they didn't even bother to put those in trade. They didn't bother to like, and they haven't talked about it. They haven't said like, oh, it's this 100th or anything. I knew the spirit was going to show up somewhere in this conversation. (laughs) He always does. It's because the Kirby Stan Lee thing, like that's, that's the social network. That's There's true. drama to this. Yeah, you know, you're right. That's, that oh, exactly. Better. Yeah, because yeah. like you know, like because even Stan Lee has said like I can't get to where I am without Julie. And yeah, Julie yeah. was just like, oh, here's a dying industry. You want me to fix it? Okay, um, bring the flashback, but do them different. Yeah. All right, that worked. Do Green Lantern next, and do this and this. And like he effectively guided his his comics into it. Yeah, you know. And you're right. There is like, oh, here's a great story about a guy who did his job. Yeah. <laughs> that's boring <laughs> you didn't when screw you, anybody yeah, it's, it's when you do something right uh, some people won't even recognize that you're doing it you know yeah so no I'm definitely down to talk writers and artists that would, would be I, awesome that one sounds great too <laughs> Rafa what is your big takeaway from from this story 
overall, if you are a true Batman fan, or even if you don't know much about Batman, I think this is a story that you have to read. I'm not a big fan of Tim Sale's art, but regardless of that, the story is top-notch, and it has a lot of different elements. It reads like a movie. It's literally like I'm watching The Godfather, but with Batman in it, which is really nice. And it's so thematic, and so much of its presentation, from the lines, from the colors, from the overall themes of specifically obsession and, 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 and judgment and specifically going into the the realms of trying to do better or becoming the villain yourself i think it plays really well to the rogues gallery as well as playing really well to just gangster noir and it ultimately showcases who batman is he is a person that will never stop and ultimately feels like he is responsible for a lot of the damage that happened to harvey den in the end because you guys said it perfectly he was a really big victim in this but ultimately he was the victim who then became the monster i think it's quintessential reading if you're a batman fan and i think it was worth reading again and ian i don't know how to follow that that was uh, really <laughs> well said and, it really was yeah leave it to the movie reviewer to give a good review over here <clears throat> um I, I kind of said it right off the bat. This is one of my favorites, um, mostly just because it has uh, that sentimental value to me. Uh, I started saying something before we started recording about I tried to give this to a guy at work. Oh, that's right. Mm, mm. I forgot we didn't hear the story. Yeah. That's right. Let's so get that story. I tried to give this to a guy at work, and he was like, "I." He's like, "Ian, we sit next to each other. I don't know much about you. I know you like comics. Let me into your head a little bit. Like when you think comics, what do you think?" So I was like, I just happened to have Long Halloween sitting on my desk because <laughs> I was reading it, getting ready for this. So I was like, take a gander. And I hand it to him. Two hours later, he hands it back and he goes, not feeling it. Whoa. And uh, he's like, and I, I honestly thought better of you. Wow. Whoa. And I was like, so you're dealing with some like Asperger's ass nerd. who's <laughs> like, super bad with social cues. Was he just like, right? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what was going on, but I turn like around. Door wearing ass. I turn around and I'm like, hold up here, dude. Like, I looked at his bookmark. Do I? I don't have it in here anymore. I think it's because I got mad and was like, you don't even get to keep your spot. Get out of my book. But he was like four pages into it. That's what I'm saying. The, the, the beginning stuff with the, the mob people is the right section to start this off. But I think it's a little heavy handed. For, for that whole first section. And there's like, the one, tell me about that man over there. What's up with that man? That's Bruce Wayne, mama. Like, no, that, part, that part's not the best. It's, it's, it's not. Um, it's an integrity part be of the story. Just, they need it. Just but. for like common courtesy, you don't just like take something that, that someone garbage. gives you and to be yeah. like, you're garbage people for reading this. What? Yeah. No, no, you, how many you, times have you been lent a movie or CD like, this means a lot, I want you to watch or listen to it, and you're kind of like, no, but I've never been like, wow, Mitch, <laughs> I'm going to call the FBI on you because <laughs> I didn't know you're you a horrible like, person I didn't know you were for liking this. <laughs> no, like you do the thing that you do with any of your friends when they let you borrow something. You don't watch it for two weeks and you give it back and you say, I never found the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Andy. <laughs> Wow. So, Editor's box. Like, there's a, there's a, an issue 144. Like we, we joke at work, me and a couple other people, not this guy. We joke very hard with each other. So I think that's what he was trying to do, but it was poorly executed. Uh, but either way, like, yeah. I just about, he just about caught these hands. Like, 
Because I love this book. The art, I can agree. It's trying at times. But I think I've read it so many times, I expect it at this point. Yeah, I almost would want to be the HR guy at your, or person at your, uh, your company that would have to write up that incident report. Two employees got into a fight over... The- <laughs> over... Batman the Gra- Long a graphic Halloween. novel called The Batman the Hog Halloween. <laughs> they, they, the best part would be if the HR person is like, oh, fucking Jim Loeb again. <laughs> <laughs> they, they all these confiscated comics back there. From <laughs> they're fight over them. They're it's only the Jim Loeb comics. <laughs> Dark Victories up there. The Red Hulk's up there. <laughs> so Jeff all Loeb. The Batman, all the Marvel colors. <laughs> so it, 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 the, the, from the best part is witnesses say Ian jumped up and said, you're going to get these hands right, right before you started punching <laughs> him. He was promptly knocked out by the, the other associate. <laughs> <laughs> if this would have happened, I would have said, you're about to catch these hands, nerd. <laughs> I would have ended it with nerd. Even if I got knocked out, like it would have happened. You're about to catch these hands, nerd. Right on the job. For some reason, he, call, he called him a Hanzo main? I don't even know. <laughs> Get out of here, you're Hanzo main. <laughs> Give me back my thing. Give me back my. This is what happened at San Diego Comic Con many years ago. (laughs) Who's better, Superman and the Hulk? And then it ended with a kid getting stabbed in the eye. (laughs) And then, oh, let's premiere the Avengers movie. (laughs) Nerd rage. (laughs) So, long story short, I get frustrated. And now I'm a guy on the phone. I have to deal with customers. And I'm like, this guy over here telling me I have bad comic book choices. So the next three calls, after that, my manager calls me. He's like, hey, come hang out at my desk for a minute. We need to have words. So I go over there. You're about to catch his hand. about to catch his hand? Yeah. So I go over to his desk. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, you seem tense. I listened to your last couple calls. What's going on, dude? So I had to tell my manager that I was all butthurt because somebody was going to read The Long Halloween, but then they told me, nah, your taste is shitty. (laughs) I don't work there anymore, but they were really nice about it. I got to say, And he was like, so my manager looks at me and he's like, Really? Over a comic book. I was like, you don't understand. <laughs> so you're going to catch these ants now. <laughs> You've made the list, manager. <laughs> you just made the list. Just no, in I an mean- alternate universe, <laughs> Ian just beat the shit out of like five people <laughs> because they didn't like Batman the Long Halloween. Okay, you've all seen Wanted, right? <laughs> so you've all There's the scene, the, yep. The, the bullet? So has everybody seen... Uh, Keyboard to the face, <laughs> Star-Lord. <laughs> who, who's, seen, who's seen the Belko experiment? That was based off of... <laughs> Ian's experience. <laughs> you haven't seen it? No, it's okay. You don't need to. It's a terrible movie. The, the uh, trailer. Does for reference everybody? Trailer does. The one where they lock everybody. Yeah. The thing. It's like you gotta kill X yep. amount of people or everybody dies. Yeah. Yep. Like, okay. said, I was thinking like the experiment. Like oh no, so I've like seen that one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good movie. It, okay. That wasn't bad. There was yeah. a, that's a weird scene with Forrest Whitaker though. So. Yeah, well, that's what, For, Forrest Whitaker is prime for that though. Like he's like a little strokey eye. It works. Yeah. <laughs> you know he's crazy. Uh, okay. The uh, b- biggest thing I guess I, I took. I mean, other than what you've all stated already, because it was a it was a great. <laughs> it was a great read um, is that I did not and as I said I hadn't read this before I did not realize how much of the Dark Knight the movie the Dark Knight had taken from this story yeah. and oh, yeah. and it, it puts into perspective for me because I mean you 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 come out of the Dark Knight and and you talk to people and people talk about how that's that Joker movie. It's the movie with Heath Ledger as a Joker and <laughs> right. and that's the big takeaway from that because unfortunately he passed away uh, during that or after that movie finished but before it came out and uh you have you forget that that movie is 
a Two-Face movie. That movie is about Two-Face and his journey to what he becomes. Well, I think in, in that, he, he like... Um the Joker's acting as part of the catalyst. Yes, exactly. Yeah. He's he's the catalyst, and he's he's the he's also the distraction. You know, he, he's the 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 reasons for uh, Two Face's journey or Harvey Dent's journey. And this book puts it more in perspective. It, it shows you that you know this is why Two Face is who he is. This is why Harvey does what he does. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and for that, I have to say that it's it's a great story. I think okay. Christopher Nolan picked a very good book to pull from. There's lots of really big scenes. There's lots of the, just the, the one liner of, I believe in Harvey Dent. Mm-hmm. It's like that. It was huge in this book. And that m- line drove dark Knight. Yeah. It became the tagline for the movie yeah. or at least one of them. Yeah. So you, you take that line and that's boom. That's so much of your setup right there. And then you take like, um, the rooftop meat, and you take mm-hmm. this stuff's dangerous to eat. You can't eat that stuff. No, no you yeah, can't. Been out there for weeks. But I'm bum. We call them pigeons. I was, I was trying to get there. I was trying to get there. Uh, but, but yes, you're you're absolutely right, and 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 that's uh, it, it is it is a, a a good read for those reasons and a good watch for Dark as well. Knight needed more Solomon Grundy. I think everything needs more Solomon Grundy. I, you know what? I him being a troll, like just under. No, I, I love. He just. Uh, I mean, did you watch Monday? Did you <laughs> did you watch the accountant with with Ben Affleck? He does the Solomon Grundy nursery rhyme through it. It just makes it that much better. So and he has I, action comics number one. <laughs> he has action comics number one. I really enjoy that he wrote Solomon Grundy as just this dude who lives in the sewers. He's like, get out of my house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think that's neat too because it's like sometimes, like depending on the interpretation of Solomon Grundy, again, he's just another victim of situation. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. He's and I thought that was cool that he was just—he's a guy who's there, and it's but like Cyrus Gold wasn't you know? a good guy. No, Cyrus Gold's a piece no. of shit. But Solomon, Solomon Grundy, Grundy yeah. is Cyrus you know, Gold's yeah. a misunderstood person and i will petition to have their name cleared fight me nerds <laughs> no nope, i call a big fat nope. fart on that one <laughs> i can't i could read solomon grundy zero and you're like this is a bitch I, I, <laughs> i'll tear my own petition up <laughs> i had to struggle to say it with a straight face <laughs> i bet you did uh, but one thing one thing that i'd like to add to this and it's a shame and i would almost be tempted to say for collected editions sake like they should do this batman annual 14 released back in 1990 um it, I like how Jeff Loeb, like he does his homework when he does these comics, um, because in this one, it's it's the origin of Two Face, like 1990s when they were like, okay, let's retouch this and redo this. <laughs> and there's a scene if you remember in the Long Halloween when he's sitting in the basement and Gilda comes down, she's like, hey, are you okay? And he's like, oh, I talked to my, I talked to my, I talked to my dad. That's what that comic is. Like that comic shows, like <laughs> he goes and he talks to his dad, and his dad's a drunk, abusive asshole, and he's like. Here, son, remember how I'd always tell you, like, we're going to do something that's all based off the coin flip? Well, I always use a two-faced coin, so Mm -hmm. I always was going to get my way. That's what you have to do in this life. You have to cheat the odds. You have to make it happen for yourself, or it won't happen. And, like, Harvey finds out, and it's like, everything's been a lie. Like, my fucked up childhood was a lie. The law is a lie, you know? And it was just like, wow, that adds to it. And it would almost be neat, like, if they ever release a really nice edition, like a hardcover, stick that annual in. An omnibus. That would be, yeah, they should. Yeah, just right in between the the two pages (laughs) there where, so put that, I want to talk to my dad today. And then you have that in there. Yeah, and it's it's a great, often overlooked 
uh, annual because annuals were just like, oh, we need to put something out. But that one was really good, and it's like, oh, that's that so existed. cool. Yeah, uh, annual, I'll send you a link with dumb. that one. Please do. Yeah, it, it bums me out because annuals like. As a person who like just picks up random comics from the newsstand or whatever, annuals often get overlooked because I'm like, I don't fucking like. There's there's all these stories inside of one thing, and most of them I'm not going to care about. There's going to be like two gems in there, maybe out of five, um, and sometimes even seven, depending on how long they are. And so I don't end up picking them up. Like recently, I picked up uh, an annual for Rafa that I gave to him. That was a Power Rangers one, and that was because like one of those things in there was really cool. The rest of it I didn't care about. It. I didn't think he was going to either. And it was like eight bucks because there's so much in there. Right. Uh, and I wouldn't have otherwise. It was, yeah. Yeah, it was good, right? <laughs> um, I was gonna say trick question. It was amazing. I think <laughs> <laughs> it's just like all, like the rest of an annual. Like I don't care about it. The, most like all those things. If, for as much as I say I like things happening out of continuity, that's the wrong way to do that. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because going back to the annual stuff, like the Tim King won an Eisner. So he was for writing Batman, and the Eisner he won was for writing the last Batman annual, and it was a story about Batman and his dog. Yeah. And I was See, like, ah, oh, we're missing out because uh, it's an annual. Batman and his dog. <laughs> <laughs> there's a joke. I'm not going for it. Yeah. Like, there's a Lassie joke and an old Yeller joke. Oh, no, it's it's going to be like a crypto, a crypto joke. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> no, no, now I need it. Huh? I no. need it in my life. Hmm? Please you catch me on Twitter. I mean, there there, me there are stories of Ace and Ace the Bat Dog and Crypto going off having their own adventures. Is that a thing? That's a thing. Oh, yep, sniffing butts, <laughs> digging holes, busting bad guys. That's the tagline. <laughs> All right, so that yeah. was the long Halloween in time just for Halloween, and uh, it it definitely worked out that way as we stated earlier <laughs> on purpose. But uh, <laughs> calculated. We discussed beforehand. It's going to be Rafa's turn to pick the next book, and have you come to a decision? I have. So I thought about a couple of different things and I wanted to kind of get away from the noir a little bit, even though I had an idea for one. <laughs> but for this next month, I want to read X-Men's God Loves, Man Kills. Wow. Whoa. Excellent pick. I think especially in the, the, the trying times that we're in, I think it's an important story. And X-Men just kicks ass. Yeah. No matter what Marvel says, fuck the Inhumans. <laughs> What's, that's not Marvel. That's not Marvel. That's just that's them being well, a because of Fox, Fox yeah. but well, Ike Perlmutter, that son of a bitch. Yeah, he took away our Fantastic Four and our X Men. I, I just yeah. need to know ahead of time: is this a Scott Bummer story? No, okay. a little bit, but <laughs> you'll enjoy it. <laughs> but it, that's what I—that's what I want to read for the next the next one. Sounds great. So if anybody wants to uh, read up on that before you know before we we do our podcast, you can also send in your questions and uh, hit hit us up on Twitter. I'm at agent underscore of the underscore bat. Ian, um, you can find me. I am at Ian Flux Sucks. I A N F L U X S U X. You can also keep track of all of the YouTube happenings with or something like that on YouTube and on Twitter. You can catch us at O S T L the 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 word O S L T O S L T. I can't official. think today. <laughs> official. There we go. Mitch knows it better than I do because I have to type it in every week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, new videos and stuff every Friday, and we make good jokes. Well, my my wife makes good jokes. There you go. You want to see some good content? Come to Mobile Rafi on Twitter. Beautiful content. Very. You want to see nothing because I've been off Twitter forever and I don't really do that well with Twitter. <laughs> uh, you can sometimes find me sporadically on there as stuff I should say should being spelled S H U D. Yeah, 
Actually, you could you see Franey having conversations with other comic book creators, which is pretty awesome. Say, yeah. If you want to see him critiquing Aww. other creators and telling them how they should have done their job, he's the guy for you. And yeah, they enjoy it. Right. Yeah, you tell him. If you want to get hype on Mr. Miracle, go check him out. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. thank you. Yes, he's by the, the way, reason I read Mr. Miracle. Miracle. Did you like? Uh, it was it was pretty good. I'm only like one. I'm I've started it. I haven't had the time you, to get all the way. Your through, garbage people is what he's doing. No, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to wait two nice weeks, man. <laughs> the whole reason I looked at the Mr. Miracle stuff was because that Nick Darrington cover. I love Nick Darrington's right? art. It's so good. Yes. Just the the whole <laughs> opening panel of like dying on the oh floor. Oh my god, like, that's I don't even scene. know who this is, and this is intense. <laughs> yeah. That blew me away because Mr. Miracle's always like, I'm the happy guy. Justice League International, yay. And then like strown out on his bathroom floor. Like, Jesus cut. Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Justice League, yay. <laughs> I, I stand behind the Mr. Miracle recommendation. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, you can find you can find me online um, on social networks across the board as either Peppermint Gent or Peppermint Gentleman. You figure out which one. Have a good time. <laughs> so there you go. That's a, that's this month, and uh, hope you can join us next month. Yeah. So until next time, this is Geek Elite Radio and this new machine and or something like that. Hey. This <laughs> is it. This or that. Or something like that. Something like that. <laughs> uh, on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying, always remember to... Geek, geek out. out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.